0: When she say. she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable when she sings
1: everyone. I'm Kate Wheeler in studio with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region. Thanks for tuning in on this long weekend, and we certainly hope you are enjoying it. Today's show is brought to you by Kobo, and if you're desperately looking for a really good read, do check out our Books with Buzz list. It's up at Kobo.com slash What She Said. Mm-hmm. It is. We're starting off the show talking to relationship expert Tara Antler. And today she's giving us tips on how to confront conflict with compassion. And remember, if you have a relationship question for Tara, we can keep it anonymous if you want. Just send us an email at info at com. And speaking
2: about relationships, if you find yourself looking after your elderly parents while also supporting your own family, you are a member of the sandwich generation. And Dr. Karen Campbell is going to be here to talk about caring for elderly parents and how they can prioritize their skin health. And one of our favorites, musicologist Eric Alper, is here and talking about five famous song titles that never lyrically featured in the song, and that's in On the Record. And we're talking Guaranteed Goodreads with Tracy Nesdely, the Vice President of Communications
1: at and Kobo Inc. Author and Canadian Positive Psychology Association founder Louisa Jewell will also be joining us to talk about her new book about the science of conquering self-doubt and wiring your brain for confidence. And performing in our live studio sessions today, we have Alberta pop duo The Command Sisters with their debut single, Low
2: Profile. And don't forget that we're giving away three copies of Black Panther on Blu-ray, thanks Mm -hmm. to Disney. Make sure you go to whatshesaidtalk.com, where you can find our social
1: media links, listen to and watch shows, enter contests, and so much more. And, of course, we do have a podcast up on Apple, which you can download for free. And uh, listen while you walk on this glorious, glorious, wonderful spring weather (laughs) that we hope to be having and lasting (laughs) just a little bit longer.
3: Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com.
4: Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly six million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of
3: your hand. This is 1059, The Region.
0: What she's
2: honest
3: Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
2: Joining us now is What She Said relationship expert, Tara Antler. Welcome back to the show, Thank Tara. Thank you so much. And today we're going to talk about how to confront conflict mm-hmm. with compassion, which yeah. I think is probably a stretch for a
5: lot of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what happens, the difference between compassion and conflict, compassion expands us, conflict constricts us. If you even think about how you feel when you're in conflict, everything tightens, your breath shortens, you feel sick in your stomach, at your chest, some people's chest actually hurts, and when there's that constriction, your blood vessels actually constrict, and you can't get to the solution, you can't get to the clarity of what you really want to express, so what happens most of the time is we blow up, all the stuff from our past begins to surge forward, and then we're just we're just blowing off at each other and it doesn't it doesn't create any resolution and the person actually can't hear us fully the way we want to be heard when we're blasting off like that whereas compassion if you can get yourself back to a space of compassion everything opens your heart opens again your communication center opens you relax it's like being in a yoga or meditation class you just ah, and then all of a sudden the clarity comes what you need to say comes with much more consideration than just blasting off at somebody else because conflict just creates more conflict it never resolves
2: so what are the steps that you recommend if there is a conflict before you open your mouth mm-hmm. before you react before i mean probably something's welling up inside yeah. you but what do you say
5: i always say you got to take a time out just like we do for kids when you see kids kind of losing their cool you give them a little time out adults need that too because what's happening in that moment we're being triggered by something something's upset us, something's triggered us, something's upset something, not necessarily, it, it seems like it's in the current moment, but it's usually connected to our past. So there's some framework, some belief system, something that happened maybe 10 years ago, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that literally is being called forward. And it's stirring up all these emotions. It's stirring up all this stuff within us. And quickly, we're like a volcano and blasting off. So we actually have to cool down for a second. We have to give ourselves a timeout. And it's it's actually the inner child that's been hurt and wounded from the past that's feeling that pain and it, that's why it's so visceral it's so tangible it's 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 there and so we have to the first thing is we have to give ourselves a timeout we have to pause and take a deep breath because going into the conflict right away again we're just going to spew off all this hurt we're probably going to say things that we don't want we're going to regret we don't mean and we're going to hurt each other even more
1: so what you're trying to put a halt to if only temporarily mm-hmm. is the kind of a, it's my way or the highway absolutely So you've got to learn to see what the other person's perspective may be.
5: And when you're in conflict, because there's so much trigger, you're fully in your stuff. That's what we call it. You're in your stuff. You're triggered. You're in pain. You're in the conflict mode. And you have to be willing to just, it's like easing into it. So I always say, take a pause, take a time out. Gabriel and I, we had to, my husband and I, we had to practice this one many times over. And we just realized after so many hours of conflict and trying to get to the point of something, we're very strong And so we keep fighting and keep fighting or keep arguing and trying to see each other's point. But neither one of us could hear because we were so right in our thing. I was right in what I saw. He was right in what he saw. And we're trying to make each other see that. But from conflict, because of the constriction, you actually can't get resolution. So we both were like... We need to take a step away. You go in your corner, I'll go in my corner and we take a deep breath. And what I do, one of the simplest things, whether you believe in meditation or not, it doesn't matter. Just connecting to your heart space, putting your hands on your heart, taking a couple deep breaths. Think about something in that moment that brings you joy or happiness or love. Could be butterflies, could be rainbows, could be your puppy, could be, I think about our daughter, she's just so beautiful and awesome. And I think about her and all of a sudden my heart starts to calm a little bit. I still have the emotion, I still have the issues they are coming up, but I'm better able to communicate them than if I'm in that emotionally charged place. So you have to get to a place of calm. And then what I usually do is ask myself, what does this remind me of? What am I really upset about? What am I really feeling hurt about? And if you start asking and inner dialoguing with yourself, your mind knows exactly what you're upset about. You often feel unheard or not accepted or not valued or you're doing too much and you feel like they're not doing enough. Those are the types of common things that come up for people. Sometimes they're bigger, but you still, if you have that inner awareness and you can have a little chat with yourself, you can get to the root cause, step out of anger Sometimes the sadness will come and then you can really communicate what you're upset with. If I try to communicate to my husband when I'm angry, I'm just communicating all that past triggered stuff and he can't hear me and I'm not even clear on what I'm upset about. When I let myself just cool and calm for a second, the tears come and then I feel the sadness and then I'm like, I just feel like I'm not being seen. I feel like I'm not being heard. That I can communicate to him, and I can then calmly come to him and say, babe, you know, and I could be crying still, but I'm not angered. And that is more warmly accepted than the anger. And then I can say to him, hey, babe, you know what? I just feel like I'm not being heard. I feel like I'm not being listened to. I feel like you're not, you know, what? I'm, you can communicate however you need to. And he can hear that
2: more so than if, you, if I come from anger or rage. What about if you had the opposite situation? Um, I have a really long fuse I very rarely get angry Mm -hmm. what I do is I retreat yeah but then I often don't ever resolve right. what it is, what where, where I feel I've been yeah. wronged. I, I It's there somewhere, yeah. but I just I walk away. Right. And that isn't healthy either. No. And I know other people who do that yeah. too.
5: So in that regard, I would say it's still your responsibility. When there's a trigger, the trigger is with you. It seems like it's the other person. It seems like it's out there, but you're the one that's left with that feeling. They might not have any clue that they've upset you. They might not have any idea that they've hurt you. But we, the self, is left with that trigger. So it's important in that moment to still do that inner question. Take the time. If you don't have time in that moment, then at some point throughout that 24-hour period, I would take the time to go back with it and say, okay, what am I really peeved about? What is this? What am I feeling? And give yourself the permission to feel what you feel and look at what's really there. And as you start to uncover that, you'll see that it reminds you of something from your past. You're like, this was just like that or that was like that. There's a
2: deeper issue. You'll start to see it lines up at patterns. So then do you then go back to somebody a month later and say, you know what, I need to talk to you about something? I mean, usually usually the person knows, but I just retreat. I just – it's sort of – being brought up in a generation of take the high road right Right. so it just
5: I think it depends on the situation like sometimes you can resolve those issues within yourself and and have them be cleared and you're like you know what it's not even worth it anymore because I've healed that within myself but other times if it's something where you're like this is an integrity thing this is something that's really important that this person knows how I'm feeling and what I'm moving through and what the impact of that was but you it's about finessing the way that you communicate it to say you didn't do this. It's not about pointing the finger to be like, when you did this and you did that, and da, 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 whatever, because the person's right away going to feel defensive and be like, I didn't even know I did anything. Like, what yeah. happened? They're going to be sidewiped. But if you can say, hey, you know what? Back whenever, this is how I felt when this happened. Can we have a little discussion about that? Because I just want to let you know how I felt in that moment. And the person, most of the time, if you come from that space, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that that upset you in that way. I'm so sorry. Then you can have a conversation of resolution.
1: Mm -hmm. What about when you're dealing with, I've often noticed, um, relationship dynamics are quite different. My husband and I... Both stubborners mules, mm-hmm. both firstborn children. Yeah, and then there are others in our family where, like, firstborns married the firstborn, secondborns mm-hmm. married the second, the youngest married yeah. the youngest. Do you find different dynamics with yeah. those relationships? hundred percent, because how you are and how you deal with life.
5: Even you could look at astrology and how people are astrologically. Our whole mechanism of who we are. They're they're two different, distinct, unique people trying to come together to make it work. There are going to be differences, and there'll be similarities in how we deal with things i'm firstborn too so i totally
1: get that one yeah <laughs> so you need headstrong. to you need yeah headstrong and mm-hmm. but with my husband and i it's both basically it's like it's it, it's a big clash yeah. because we're both yeah. we both have have that to do so all things uh to consider so then to um summarize just give us uh, some tips mm-hmm. about Taking the time out was first.
5: Take the time out. You got to just take a deep breath for a second. I like coming back to the breath because, again, conflict constricts. Mm -hmm. You need to open up again. So just use the breath. Just sit and breathe for a second or step outside. Take a deep breath. Put your hands to your heart. Think about a moment or something that brings you back into a state of you might not be able to get to bliss and joy, but you might be able to get to oh, I love the sound of the ocean. I really like being by the water. And all of a sudden you feel a sense of calm. When you get to calm, then you can come and communicate. But I would always say, take that extra step and ask yourself, what does this remind me of? What's really being triggered here? What am I really upset about? And as you dialogue with yourself, you'll uncover what's really underneath it all. Where can
1: people connect with you online?
5: Uh, My website is TaraAntler.com and then Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
2: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, as always, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much.
3: What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back.
0: Escape
4: instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly six million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand.
6: Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect! Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit Co.
3: Dot .com This is 1059 the region.
2: What she said,
0: she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
1: Joining us today is Dr. Karen Campbell, an RN, PhD, who's currently is the field leader for the Masters of Clinical Science in Wound Healing at Western University. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. Well, you're here to discuss the sandwich generation and aging parents, what Gen Xers need to know. Um, And according to Stats Canada, more than two million Canadians are part of the sandwich generation. That's me. Um, So for people that may not know exactly what that is, explain it.
7: So, the Sanders generation is when you're taking care of your elderly parents and you have young children at home. Although I'm a healthcare professional, I've personally lived that experience with three parents. Mm -hmm. As did I. Yes. It's stressful. One with a stroke, one dying of cancer, and kids that are five. Uh, Yes. I had a two-year-old and my mother dying of cancer, working all day and going to care for her at night. Mm -hmm. And talk about caregiver stress. Caring for elderly parents is is
2: daunting, it's overwhelming, uh, lots of things to consider, where to go for help. And even if you Mm -hmm. can afford to have care in their home, you
7: still have to manage it all. That's right. And you're constantly advocating for your family member with the health care system. We have a great health care system in Ontario, but you have to be on top of their care. And you constantly have to advocate so that they get the right care
1: and and i and i've noticed that with my family that there's some kinds in various stages of dementia people the patient can't often tell you what exactly is wrong because they can't find the
7: words. That's right. That's right. And so uh, having been a geriatric advanced practice nurse, often geriatric patients express their discomfort Mm -hmm. in more behavioral ways. So they may get more confused. They may act differently. And you're constantly trying to figure out what the heck's going wrong. Mm. And sometimes uh, I think you would agree you, you need a specific...
2: Uh, skill set to deal with a specific problem and most of us don't have it. Now you do right your your expertise is in skin care which is a big
7: issue right which most of us don't know how to deal with exactly and you know your skin is one of your lar- largest organs but it's often forgotten as we focus on brains and strokes which are all important but keeping your skin intact is so important because when you lose that skin integrity you have increased risk for infection you can have issues with uh, skin tears you can have issues with pressure injuries or pressure sores. Uh, A very common problem is urinary incontinence, especially in the elderly.
2: Mm. And
7: an area uh, that I have focused on is incontinence-associated dermatitis. Now, in the elderly, we call it by that name. But when you're dealing with children... I was going to say, it sounds like diaper rash. It's diaper rash. Okay. Wow. And <laughs> yeah. if you think of people in long-term care, almost 70% of them have incontinence. And so uh, and if you're at home and you're not able to change uh, their uh, briefs, you can get a rash, you can have a lot of pain, but fortunately, if you have the knowledge, this can be um, prevented. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because m- when my father was
2: ill, we had somebody looking after him, and I don't think the subject of skin care skin ever care. came up. Yeah, I, I was know. going to say, what else can happen?
1: I mean, you explained, you explained this,
2: this right. aspect,
1: but
7: what else should you be looking for So, for, skin? F- for example, a very uh, common thing that you can do for your family member is to put moisturizer on twice a day. It'll keep the skin intact and help prevent things like skin tears. If you make sure that they're eating and drinking well, it will help keep their skin healthy. Uh, try to toilet them to prevent uh, incontinence-associated dermatitis, for example, example, when my family member was ill, I used a, a product from 3M called Cavalon. And the person was able to clean themselves and I was able to clean them as well and give an extra protection layer to their skin. Other issues are things like um, pressure injuries, quite common uh, in the like elderly. like a bed sore? Bed would? yes. Sore. Okay. yes. Okay. And yes. that's what my father had, a special bed
2: Uh, that they had for that that sort of rolled or vibrated. It almost had like water in it. But I mean, I didn't know anything at the time about any
7: special skin products that would have helped them. Absolutely. So, protecting the skin, turning people, mm-hmm. using a special bed, using things like pillows even to keep people comfortable, because mm-hmm. uh, often um, if you're not comfortable uh, and you're your elderly, it, it, it can re- you know result in problems with the skin and and you can have more pain. So, positioning um, uh, special chairs uh, that make the person more more comfortable. All of these things. Um, you know can help your family member. Nutrition so important to skin health as well. What are the thing the top foods that people should be eating for good skin care? Well, Fluids. So making mm-hmm. sure they're getting enough fluid, and if if, if a person doesn't have another uh, medical condition like mm-hmm. liver or uh, kidneys, protein. Um, and you know, when in doubt, ask your uh, family doctor to refer you to a uh, registered dietitian who can look at your health issues and can look at kind of recommendations for what you should be eating.
8: Mm-hmm. Um,
7: you know, again, simple things. So things like you know, moisturizer, for example, using Cavalon, Things like eating and drinking, moving—not difficult, not hard, uh, but so important uh, when you're the caregiver. Um, but the other point I wanted to make too is caregiver stress. And that's <laughs> what I was just going to ask you about yeah. because, at the end of the day, you, if you give out, if you just get hit a wall then they end up suffering. And usually there's a crisis. And personally what I found is that you don't want to admit that you need help but you need help, whether it's you know, family members, friends. Uh, I know when I was caring for my mother, I had a whole list of people that would help me out uh, when I had to be away. Um, and uh, because if you don't, you're right, things come to a crisis, and you may not be able to, to care for that person at home. Uh, and so taking care of yourself, whether it's you know, going for a walk, I like walking in nature, Going to a yoga class, getting help, taking, you know, an evening off, but, you know, taking care of of yourself as well, especially when you have a young family. So you're getting pulled in 47 directions. And Mm. this is only going to become
2: more and more the case as our
7: population ages absolutely absolutely you know i've actually started to think about this for my own daughters who uh i'm i'm still young and healthy but you know in 20 years they're going to be caring for me so i'm like i've been talking to them about what i want and you know what i don't want so uh, you need to plan for the future
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely
7: now um Feet I've also understand that oh, feet are
1: something we should really be keeping an eye on
7: absolutely as you know, especially if you're diabetic mm-hmm. uh, and you have neuropathy, you can develop um, potentially uh, diabetic foot ulcers uh, and so making sure that you moisturize feet making sure that you are seen by somebody who, who can actually assess your footwear. So is that product the Cavelon? Is that, is that just a moisturizer or is it a system that you can use for cleaning as well? They actually have a... a product that can, um, that can cleanse and it leaves a mild barrier on the skin so that you do two things with one product and then they have a moisturizer as well and they have various levels of uh, moisturization uh, that you can use um, the other thing with diabetic um, foot ulcers is that you need to be assessed to see if you have a, um, a change in the shape of your foot because you right. may need different footwear so, but
1: this, this, this these these products can help the skin everywhere Abs- on your buyout. absolutely so is, everywhere. Where do you get
7: them. Actually, they can be uh, purchased on on Amazon. Oh, really? <laughs> and for the sandwich generation, I, I, I have no <laughs> stock in Amazon. For the sandwich generation, that's that's simple. Yeah. As well as any home health store, so it may not be available in a regular drugstore, but any home health store. And
2: where can caregivers do go to ensure they have all the best, most reliable information and guidance at their fingertips?
7: Well, Health Canada mm-hmm. um, is one site. They can also go to their local Lynn um, um, website and then search under uh, geriatrics and aging to see mm-hmm. what services are uh, available. They can talk to their local doctor mm-hmm. uh, and see what's available. For continence issues, the Canadian Continence Foundation is a great source of information, so it has lists of, of uh, experts that are available as well as access to web uh, programs. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you.
3: what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler we'll be right back
4: escape instantly with kobo discover nearly six million ebooks and audiobooks on kobo.com download the free kobo app and start reading today it's a world of stories in the palm of your hand
2: Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the Stand Up Drop-In Series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270.
6: Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. She
0: She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
0: From the DA. look out, kid, don't matter what you did. but Walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows, better stay away.
2: Joining us now for On The Record is our musicologist, Eric Alper. And today we're talking about five famous song titles that
9: aren't lyrically featured in the song. Welcome, Eric. Yeah. Hi. Good to be here. What is this? What is this? What are these artists doing? You know, when you actually write a song, you figure that it would be Perfectly normal to include the title of the song in the actual lyrics, but or even some of the words, or even something. some of the words. Why are you fooling us? Who are you? Who are you trying to kid? But um, there are five songs um, by five artists that they don't do this. And at the top of it, you've got to put Bob Dylan right up there as well. Um, not only does he have. Positivity, Fort Street, and just like Tom Thumb Blues and My Back Pages and Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35, and Spanish Harlem Incident, Bob Dylan follows folk tradition pretty carefully because hundreds of ballads and blues tunes don't usually historically have the title of the song in the lyrics, but instead the title of the song is to provide context for the story that you're about to hear. So, Bob Dylan. Has a bunch of songs that don't have the title in the actual lyrics.
6: Fade
0: away. And thoughts, they fade.
10: Fade
1: away. Okay, so if you're talking about <laughs> songs, titles that provide context for the story, um, Pearl Jam, that is. Elderly woman behind a counter
9: in a small town. And that's all the lyrics that you need. (laughs) Essentially, that would be the entire title. Because up until that point, Pearl Jam, nearly every song by the group was a one-word title and instead they decided to go for the home run seats with this one. Um, The song is about an elderly woman behind a counter in a small town who sees an old flame after years and years and it's supposed to bring back those heart-wrenching memories of long-lost love.
1: Oh, nostalgia. Oh, nostalgia. Isn't it a wonderful thing? (laughs)
9: Bohemian Rhapsody, well known. We are going to hear this song a lot this summer, especially because the uh, docudrama of Freddie Mercury is coming out very, very soon. Um, But this song, despite the fact that it's almost uh, seven minutes long and it goes through so many different chord changes and so many different lyrical changes and musical changes, Bohemian Rhapsody is not even mentioned in the song. It remains, though, a genius of work and a monumental um, kind of value to not only Freddie Mercury lyrics and uh, but Queen's music as well the fact that they can get away with a long song like this and not even mention the title.
1: Okay, one of my favorite
9: songs, Stowed I, I right. know. I'm, everyone calls it teenage waste. Everybody called it teenage Everyone's wasteland. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or it's hey, it's that CSI song.
1: That CSI song. That's right. the
9: one too. Actually, the Who's Baba O'Reilly. The title is actually named uh, because uh, guitarist Pete Townsend um, wanted to put in a tribute to his spiritual guru Here Baba and classical composer Terry Riley when mm-hmm. he put it through um, this. Keyboard, the the keyboard sound that you hear throughout Baba Riley and won't get fooled again. That was kind of his tribute to to both of those um those both of those very very strong geniuses in his life. So Baba Riley never mentioned anywhere in the song except for the title, found on the Who's Next album. Okay, and and last but not least, Led Zeppelin. Did they ever do this? They, you know, it tends to look like that they didn't. Um, Led Zeppelin actually has twenty five songs in their catalog with lyrics that do not contain the song title. The band only has 87 individual recorded songs, so that would mean that 28% of their songs don't have the title in the lyrics, including Black Dog, Boogie with Stew, Celebration Day, Fool in the Rain, the Immigrant Song, the Lemon Song, the Rain Song, They Like Their Songs, the Wanton Song. So many songs that they have written um, don't even have the title of it.
1: I'm impressed that Eric can reel off all those Led Zeppelin songs. I'm more impressed that he was doing math. Percentages. Way to
9: go! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the calculator back in grade 8 that I never decided (laughs) to throw out.
2: Well, Eric, it's always a pleasure.
9: Thank you so much for having me. And we'll talk to you again next weekend.
3: Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com
1: Well, there is nothing worse for a book lover than those dark moments when you just can't find a great sink into. So, joining us now is Tracy Nestle, the Vice President of Communications at Rakuten Kobo Inc. And today, we're talking about a number of fantastic new books out this season. All of which are the kind of page turners you just can't put down. You promise that, right, Tracy? I do. Okay.
2: Guaranteed. I've already read the outline of some and asked her for the story and she said,
11: no, you have to read it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Where are we starting? Well, first up, let's start with The Female Persuasion by Meg Wallitzer. Okay. Now, this is that really rare thing. It is not only a totally immersive page turner, mm-hmm. but it is an important book. It's pitching right into the Me Too movement and discussions about female empowerment and so on. It's Wallitzer's 12th novel, Mm -hmm. and she says that she always writes about relationships. And in fact, that is what the book is about. It's about friendship and mentorship and who you give power to, who takes it from you, and so on. It starts with um, a woman named... young woman named Greer Kadetsky, and she is certainly a Kadetsky. (laughs) When we meet her, she's a young college student, and she's that sort of gormless, hapless, oh, I feel like an outsider kind of person. Early on, she meets with a woman named um, Faith Frank. Faith Frank, there I got it, who's kind of based on on Gloria Steinem, that kind of a person. And she gets caught up in the female empowerment movement. And this you know takes her on a dream job and and all kinds of things. She's madly in love with Faith, and then goodness, Faith is broken. So there's all kinds of um, comeuppances and relationships that implode, and um, this young woman kind of has to come to terms with who she really is. People Magazine said the female persuasion is equal parts cotton candy, and red meat in the best way, (laughs) which sounds a little disgusting. So I thought I would give you a taste of the book. Here's a clip from the audio version.
8: So what was it about her that Faith Frank recognized and liked? Maybe, Greer thought, it was the possibility of boldness, lightly suggested in the streak of electric blue that zagged across one side of her otherwise ordinary furniture-brown hair. But plenty of college girls had hair partially dipped the colors of frozen and spun treats found at county fairs. Maybe it was just that Faith, at 63, a person of influence and a certain level of fame who had been traveling the country for decades, speaking ardently about women's lives, felt sorry for 18-year-old Greer, who was hot-faced and inarticulate that night. Or maybe Faith was automatically generous and attentive around young people who were uncomfortable in the world. Greer didn't really know why Faith took an interest. But what she knew for sure, eventually, was that meeting Faith Frank was the thrilling beginning of everything. It would be a very long time before the unspeakable end. Next
1: up on the Guaranteed Reads list is Love and Ruin by Paula
11: McLean. Tell us about that. that's right, yeah. McLean has something that we could call an obsession with Hemingway. So her first book, which was a massive bestseller, was The Paris Wife. Oh, okay,
1: right. I remember that.
11: Exactly. And that was about Hemingway and his first wife, Hadley, and... The Paris life, when um, Hemingway was knocking around Paris and hanging out with, you know, Gertrude Stein and so on. This book is now, fast forward, it's the Spanish Civil War. Mm -hmm. And we're back with Hemingway and his, mm, I don't know if it was even his second wife, new wife. um, And they are... Fantastic helpmates. They have a fiery relationship. They're passionately reporting on this great moment, and so on. And then, for whom the bell tolls is published, and suddenly Hemingway goes into the stratosphere. Um, his his new wife, Martha Gellhorn, has to figure out whether or not she's going to be the muse, or if she's going to go on and be ambitious in her own right, and sort of what happens from there. So it's set in the backdrop of these kinds of world events and Havana and all kinds of things. It's really brilliant and yummy. Yummy.
2: And the third one is the one I'd like the ending to, but I'm not going (laughs) to get it.
11: The Dutch Wife. By Ellen Keith, exactly. So this is set in Amsterdam in 1943. And a married couple is captured um, they're sent to different concentration camps, and the wife has a kind of a difficult choice to make. Does she face a certain death in a in a work camp, or does she enter the camp brothel?
1: Mm-hmm. It's not much of a choice, really, is well, it?
11: Well, I know what I would do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and so there she meets an SS officer who's, like, literally on the other side of the fence, and um, this SS officer is kind of, you know, he thinks he's going on to military glory, and then he has the rather... Mm, unspeakable task of, you know, exterminating people and things like that. He meets the wife. All kinds of things happen. Then we fast forward to 1977 in Buenos Aires, where we meet another um, man who is caught up in the Argentine, uh, Argentina Dirty War. Now he's in military detention as well, and somehow or other, I'm not going to say how <laughs> these three lives are intertwined, and they have a big secret and um, much else.
1: And and for the rest, you'll have to read it, and you can by going to kobo.com/slash What She Said. There are three guaranteed good reads right there. Uh, says Tracy Nestle. Thank says you, Tracy. Me.
3: what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back
4: escape instantly with Kobo discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on kobo.com download the free Kobo app and start reading today it's a world of stories in the palm of your hand
6: still being picked on for being picky perfect Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit Co.
3: Com. This is 105.9 The Region.
2: What she
0: said, she's powerful, wonderful,
2: honest and lovable.
3: Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
2: Welcome back to What She Said. Do you ever wonder why you're confident in some areas of your life, yet in other areas you have so much fear and self-doubt? Canadian Positive Psychology Association founder Louisa Jewell has written a book that answers just those questions,
12: and she joins us now in studio. Welcome to what she said. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
2: The book is called Wire Your Brain for Confidence, The Science of Conquering Self-Doubt. So I guess the The bottom line question is why Do we all seem to be plagued with some form of self-doubt these days?
12: Well, the the research shows that really there's so much change that's going on in the world. And when things change for us, we're constantly questioning, do I measure up now? Am I still good enough with what I have? You know, for example, when Instagram came out, the question for me was, oh, I'm not on Instagram. I don't have an account. I don't have followers. Is there something wrong with me now? And so with this constant change that's going on, It's constantly putting into question, are we good enough? And so we're starting to doubt ourselves more and more.
2: You know, it's interesting you say that. I wondered if you would mention social media because there you see the most perfect moments of everybody's life and you wonder why your day doesn't look like that every day.
12: Well, exactly. And the thing is with self-doubt is it's very socially constructed. And what I mean by that is we're always looking outside to say, well, look at her. Do I measure up to her? Is she the example of where I need to be and I'm not measuring up? And so then I start to doubt myself. So there's this constant social comparison that's going on. So it's not a matter of whether we're going to ever eliminate self-doubt. We want to have a little self-doubt because I kind of pushes us to higher levels of performance. It's just this constant feeling of self-doubt about everything, when it's chronic like that, that's when we want to eliminate it. So we wanna be able to manage our self-doubt in healthy ways.
1: But there are so many highly talented, educated women who who still doubt themselves. They call that imposter syndrome, right? They're gonna be discovered. How can we stop feeling like imposters and start owning that power?
12: Yeah. And you know what? Imposter syndrome is really a problem because it perpetuates self-doubt. You see, the only way we are ever going to feel confident is when we actually get better at things and we actually believe that we are getting better at things because competence breeds confidence. So with imposter syndrome, I'm always giving away my success. I'm never actually believing that I had anything to do with this successful thing that just happened. So in order to overcome imposter phenomena, what I need to do is I need to ask myself after every success, what was my contribution in that success? Yes, maybe Bill helped me over there and maybe Susan helped me over here, but what did I do to contribute to that success? And now I have to start believing that I moved the needle on my abilities in order for me to start feeling again, more confident and feeling that I'm getting better and better at things.
2: Now, in the book, you say that scientists have actually discovered a formula for how we can wire our brains for a more action-oriented kind of confidence that boosts our courage to act even when we're afraid and have self-doubt. Yes. Is that that true, really?
12: Yes, yes. There is a four-step formula that you can actually follow. And once you start to incorporate that into your life, you will see that your behaviors change. I wanted to write about this kind of confidence because to me confidence without action will get you nowhere. So I wanted to know, why was I really confident in some areas? You know, I've been a speaker for years and yet writing a book, I was just so fearful of that. I wasn't moving into the behaviors to make that happen. Why if I was just generally confident? So I wanted to know, how do I get into action? How do I break down the resistance? And there is four different sources of this kind of action-oriented confidence that I talk about in the book, that once you start to move towards those, you'll start to see your behaviors follow. Okay, so now we have to know.
9: Don't leave us <laughs> <hang laughs> so, four. So, I mean... so,
12: so the first one is, you've got to go out and start doing it. You've got to start practicing it. And a lot of people say, yeah, well, thanks a lot for that advice, because if I had the confidence to go and do it, I'd be doing it. So thanks for that useless piece of information. So what I tell people is then take a baby step. So break it down. If it's writing a book, then maybe the first step I do is I start a blog and I start getting comfortable with writing. So break it down into baby steps. Once you start again to build your, your competence in writing, you will see your confidence will follow as you go through all those little baby steps. The next thing you know, you're writing that book. So it's chipping away at that and feeling more confident about it as you do that. So that's one. That's one of the things. The second source of, and we call this self-efficacy. So this is that, that's what we call it in the literature, this kind of action oriented confidence. The second one is to find role models that inspire you, not role models that you feel jealous about, but role models that actually inspire you. Because once we say, oh my gosh, look, that person, they're kind of my age, they're my gender. If they're doing it, I can do it too. So find role models that inspire you. The second, the third one is, is to mentally rehearse. So meditate in the morning and mentally rehearse. You're doing this. You're making this happen. We know that there are parts of the brain that overlap between things we've just imagined and things that we're actually recalling. So we can kind of trick our brains into believing hey, I've already done this before when we mentally rehearse. And when we say, I've already done this before, we're more apt to do it again. We're more apt to move into that kind of behavior. And then uh, another source of self efficacy is social support. Who's going to encourage you? Who is going to be your cheerleader? If you don't have anyone that's encouraging you, find someone, find a mentor, find a coach, find people who are going to say, yes, you can do it.
1: Now, one of the other tools in the book is your concept of peace at six. you want to explain that to
12: people? Yeah. So especially for women, we are finding that women want to be excellent in too many domains of their lives. So the research is showing that women want to be excellent in 14 different domains of life. Things like, um, you know, you want to be a good entertainer at home and and your house has to be perfect and your career has to be great. You have to be a great mother and not only... Do we Sexy have to be, wife, you
1: have to
2: be yes,
12: everything. Right, you have to be Jenna Jameson in the bedroom. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and add on to that, thin. There's this obsession, right, that we have that we have to be thin. It's just too many domains in life. So what I say is, decide on three different areas of your life where you really want to strive for a 10. You want to strive to be really, really good at it. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But where you, you're going to say, I'm going to put my energy into this and then give everything else a six and say, I'm going to be six out of 10. Like for me, six out of 10 on housework is perfectly fine. Oh, I
4: see. Fine. at level six. Exactly. Okay.
12: And And I had to, when I said six for housework, I had to be peaceful that if people came to my house and it was a mess, that I was okay with that. I was mm-hmm. peace. I wasn't going to do the Lucy Ricardo kind of, you know, cleaning where everything gets shoved in a closet. cleaning, kind of
7: cleaning lady. Right,
12: right, exactly. And My kids would say, "Are kids are people coming over?" you know, because they'd, yeah, they'd yeah, see yeah. me cleaning up, right? If I was really going to be peaceful at 6, I had to say, "Look, I'm excellent in other areas and I'm going to feel really good about that and I'm not going to beat myself up for being a 6 on areas where I've decided I'm going to be at 6 and that might change next year. You know my priorities might change but for now, I'm going to decide. And and pe- women are starting to just breathe a sigh of relief when I talk to them about that. We can't tool. have it
1: all. I think we've, yeah. we've decided that we can't have it all it, uh, yeah. because it is.
12: It, it's too much. It's too much. And it's okay. But not mm-hmm. only okay. that,
2: but we live in a very judgmental world. We judge others and we think they're judging us. And we have to just
12: forget that. Yes. And just,
1: just do the best you can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So where can people get a copy of Wire Your Brain for Confidence? The Science of Conquering Self-Doubt.
12: So it's available on Amazon, amazon.ca, amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, um, so all of those online venues. And you can go to my website at com, mm-hmm. and you can download the first chapter of the book if you want to get a taste of what it's all about. Oh, that's a
1: great idea. That's yeah. a good idea so people can see if it's something. And, and who, who do you think should be reading
12: it? Well, I, I, you know, I think the book really has a lot of great tools for everyone, especially for women. You know, especially for women who suffer from self-doubt and who are stopping themselves from playing a bigger game in their lives.
1: What's your number one thing for people that are going through self-doubt? What would you say the one thing that you could do today to change things is?
12: It's got to be self-compassion. You got to stop the beating up and just focus on getting better. You know, focus less on the judgmental part of it. Stop judging yourself. Yeah. And, you know, once you do that, I think you've it's it's a huge step
1: louisa jewel thank you so much for joining us
12: today well thank you so much for having me
3: what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler will be right back
4: escape instantly with kobo discover nearly six million ebooks and audiobooks on kobo.com Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand.
6: Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's Wealth Esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 1059 The Region. She's
0: powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable.
3: Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
2: What you are listening to is Low Profile, the debut single by Alberta natives, the Command Sisters. Welcome Charlotte and Sarah Command to What She Said. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having us. Now, you two are actually sisters. Yes. We are. Uh, What made you want to get up and become a pop duo? How did that get going?
13: It's weird. We actually like grew up singing for as long as I remember together and harmonizing. And originally it started off with more like musical theater stuff. We actually grew up singing country music, which was our entire background. We used to record in Nashville and like did all that stuff. And I think like my sister was always secretly writing these pop songs at home while we'd go to these country shows. <laughs> and then eventually when we moved to Toronto, we were like, yep, yeah, probably not doing the right thing for us. And it was a really natural evolution and now we're here today. It's well, uh, cool.
1: along with earning yourselves a publishing and production deal, you secured a performance at Yoko Ono's Central Park Peace Sign Movement and Show honoring John Lennon's 75th birthday, and you were chosen as ambassadors to meet uh, Wills and Kate, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, <laughs> yes. during the visit to Canada. No big deal.
8: How was that? <laughs> that was
13: amazing. Definitely one of my favorite memories of ours. <laughs> a little intimidating, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they seem nice, though. He was They're the nicest. So nice. It was funny. I had a name tag that that said our name, and um. He went up to us and said, Hello, Charlotte and Sarah. And for a moment, I was like, Oh my gosh, how he does he names? know our names? <laughs> uh, this is
5: crazy. <laughs>
13: <laughs> he can so, read. I yeah. know. <laughs> That's but, crazy. <laughs> music can bring you to some pretty <laughs> weird moments, but that was pretty cool. This
1: uh, is what she said for this weekend. We will be back next Saturday and Sunday. But right now, here's the Command Sisters singing us out with low profile. Uh, uh, oh.
10: I-I-oh, ah, ah, I-I-oh, ah, 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 ah. You've been trying to keep a low profile Living that lifestyle No one knows about it And no one knows about it You call me up in middle of the night Tell me to come by Wanna talk about it I oh, wanna talk about it Sorry If I'm coming on too strong But I couldn't get it wrong Cause it's been you all along Lately Baby you've been taking off don't know how to cope at all When you're here and then you're not You've got your share of secrets Got my share of mine I wanna let you see into my curious mind We see each other frequently We should cross that line Oh, don't you think it's so trying to keep a low profile living that lifestyle no one knows about it no one knows about it you call me up in love night, tell me to come by wanna talk about it i wanna talk about it see ya a little more on the weekend cause you've been working a lot less now I might have a clear target You're good Good at keeping it yourself Oh but can we get honest? Cause I see through the innocent You've got your share of secrets Got my share of mine I wanna get beneath What we both had behind As I even let take up the fight yeah don't you think it's right you we were trying to keep a low profile living at that style no one knows about it no one knows about it you call me up in love the night tell me to come by want to talk about it i want to talk about it Oh my god, secret I can keep it, keep it a little profile, profile, profile. Try to keep a low profile Living that lifestyle No one knows about it No one knows about it You call me up In love tonight Tell me to come by Wanna talk about it Wanna talk about it You I, I, I. You I,
4: Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga